Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we conclude our study of the book of Leviticus with chapter 27. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, If anyone makes a special vow to Yahweh involving the valuation of persons, then the valuation of a male from 20 years old up to 60 years old shall be 50 shekels of silver according to the shekel of the sanctuary. If the person is a female, the valuation shall be 30 shekels. If the person is from 5 years old up to 20 years old, the valuation shall be for a male 20 shekels and for a female 10 shekels. If the person is from a month old up to 5 years old, the valuation shall be for a male 5 shekels of silver, and for a female the valuation shall be 3 shekels of silver. And if the person is 60 years old or over, then the valuation for a male shall be 15 shekels, and the valuation for a female 10 shekels. And if someone is too poor to pay the valuation, then he shall be made to stand before the priest, and the priest shall value him. The priest shall value him according to what the vower can afford. If the vow is an animal that may be offered as an offering to Yahweh, all of it that he gives to Yahweh is holy. He shall not exchange it or make a substitute for it, good for bad or bad for good. And if he does, in fact, substitute one animal for another, then both it and the substitute shall be holy. And if it is any unclean animal that may not be offered as an offering to Yahweh, then he shall stand the animal before the priest, and the priest shall value it as either good or bad, as the priest values it, so it shall be. But if he wishes to redeem it, he shall add a fifth to the valuation. When a man dedicates his house as a holy gift to Yahweh, the priest shall value it as either good or bad, as the priest values it, so it shall stand. And if the donor wishes to redeem his house, he shall add a fifth to the valuation price, and it shall be his. If a man dedicates to Yahweh part of the land that is his possession, then the valuation shall be in proportion to its seed. A homer of barley seed shall be valued at fifty shekels of silver. If he dedicates his field from the year of jubilee, the valuation shall stand. But if he dedicates his field after the jubilee, then the priest shall calculate the price according to the years that remain until the year of jubilee, and a deduction shall be made from the valuation. And if he who dedicates the field wishes to redeem it, then he shall add a fifth to its valuation price, and it shall remain his. But if he does not wish to redeem the field, or if he has sold the field to another man, it shall not be redeemed any more. But the field, when it is released in the jubilee, shall be a holy gift to Yahweh, like a field that has been devoted. The priest shall be in possession of it. If he dedicates to Yahweh a field that he has bought, which is not a part of his possession, then the priest shall calculate the amount of the valuation for it up to the year of jubilee, and the man shall give the valuation on that day as a holy gift to Yahweh. In the year of jubilee the field shall return to him from whom it was bought, to whom the land belongs, as a possession. Every valuation shall be according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Twenty geras shall make a shekel. But a firstborn of animals, which as a firstborn belongs to Yahweh, no man may dedicate, whether ox or sheep. It is Yahweh's. And if it is an unclean animal, then he shall buy it back at the valuation and add a fifth to it. Or if it is not redeemed, it shall be sold at the valuation. 
But no devoted thing that a man devotes to Yahweh, or of anything that he has, whether man or beast, or of his inherited field, shall be sold or redeemed. Every devoted thing is most holy to Yahweh. No one devoted who is devoted for destruction from mankind shall be ransomed. He shall surely be put to death. Every tithe of the land, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, is Yahweh's. It is holy to Yahweh. If a man wishes to redeem some of his tithe, he shall add a fifth to it. And every tithe of herds and flocks, every tenth animal of all that pass under the herdsman's staff, shall be holy to Yahweh. One shall not differentiate between good or bad, neither shall he make a substitute for it. And if he does substitute for it, then both it and the substitute shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments that Yahweh commanded Moses for the people of Israel on Mount Sinai. This is the word of the Lord. As we look at the text today, it's about special vows made to Yahweh, and we see them of all kinds. So you vow people, you vow animals, you vow a home, you vow land, you vow lots of things. And the the way that these work ends up being a little different depending on what the thing is. But this is, remember, this is a special vow made by a person, which means it is, it is voluntary. You are not required to do some of these things. There are a couple of things mentioned that were requirements, like the firstborn of animals and the tithe. But by and large, these are these are voluntary offerings being given to God. Um, this might be an opportunity to, as a family, discuss opportun- well, uh, examples of special vows that maybe you have made to God before. Um, I would urge caution with such things, but people do it anyway. And that's almost what we see actually with the substitution stuff in some of these paragraphs as well. So we'll come back to that idea. Um, but if you have ever prayed to the Lord and said, Oh Lord, if you would do this thing for me, then I will do blank for you. That's a special vow that you have made to the Lord. And you really ought to keep such a word. Now, again, I, I would encourage you not to pray such a thing in the first place because Jesus has taught us not to, not to take a vow or an oath um, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5 through 7 there. But if you say it, stand by your word. Honor the vow you make to the Lord. What would such vows be? It's hard to even say, right, with verse 2 what a vow would be involving the valuation of persons. I mean, you're not giving the person over to God in such a full way. I mean, you know, Hannah makes a vow of, of like this in First Samuel when she vows that if the Lord gives her a son, she will dedicate that son to the Lord's service, in which case it doesn't involve the valuation of a person at all. The, the son grows up to be Samuel, the prophet. Um, so thinking of... of other opportunities here in the Old Testament is tricky. I mean, there's the Nazarite vow, um, which is a vow that can be from birth, but a man could enter into it. Uh, this is described in, I forget which chapter in the book of Numbers. But at the end of that vow, an offering was made to the Lord. That would be a different kind of vow. So I'm not sure what this valuation of persons kind of vow is. But if you basically you're devoting yourself to God um, and in doing so, you then make a contribution to take care of the temple. And we get the details of what those contributions look like. And there's ranges here, depending on 
your gender and age. Um, a shekel is about two-fifths of an ounce, so if you want to do some math here, you can. Uh, two-fifths of an ounce times 50 is going to give you 20 ounces for the male age 20 to 60. Uh, the day that I'm recording this, uh, it's $22 an ounce for silver in our own culture, so that gives you a value of $440. Here is the highest um, valuation, the 50 shekels. The smallest valuation is what, uh, as we look at the, it's for six, the valuation of a female from a month old up to five years old. 1.2 ounces, 26 bucks, roughly. That's showing you not an exact thing because what silver was worth to them then is different than what silver is worth to us now. And so it's hard to even tell. But that's an example, an illustration of the, the range of values here in our own mindset um, between these different types of gifts. So you can do the math on the rest of them if you want. I did on my notes, but I'm not going to read them all for you. As we keep going, though, um, if the person is too poor to pay the valuation, so you vowed yourself to the Lord, but you don't have $440 that you can afford to give. You need what little you have for other purposes. You stand before the priest. The priest is going to value you. And the priest is going to value you according to what you can afford. So if you only have $10 that you can give, then the priest is going to value you at $10. And the reason for this um, being the standard is because I mean, you're making the special vow to the Lord already, right? Uh, so when you come to stand before the Lord's priest, you're not going to lie about it. There is some, some truth, trustworthiness in this process. In other situations, the priest will value it according to how he sees something with, with non-people. Uh, he'll value the animal, he'll value the house, and so forth. And what he says in those cases, that stands. What he values it at is what is devoted to the Lord. So let's look at some of these other situations that are a little more clear. If you, you know, vow an animal, it becomes holy. You have devoted that thing to God. You can't substitute it. Now, in the case of somebody trying to substitute it, both would be considered holy by God. So no one's going to end up doing that because they don't want to, well, they wouldn't be aiming to lose two animals. They're offering up one, right? So I offered up a sheep decided I really want to keep that sheep so I'm going to try and swap it out for another now all of a sudden both of those sheep are holy both of them are devoted to the Lord so this law prevents people from trying that uh, and we're going to see something similar later on um, as well in the text but before let's, let's just keep moving through it in order if you want to redeem something that you've offered you can do that in which case you pay the valuation price plus a fifth so if it's valued at 100 bucks, 120. When a man dedicates his house as a gift, the priest values it, that's its value. The man can redeem that if he wants at some point in the future, but again, adds a fifth to its value. So that would be used somehow for the Lord's service. You can dedicate land for this purpose. It's interesting that the the valuation of the land, the Omer or Homer of barley seed has the same valuation as the male 20 to 60 years old. Just a curiosity for you. Um, if you're curious, a Homer or an Omer is 220 liters, roughly. I mean, this is a, this is a fairly sizable measurement. Now, 
if you dedicate it from the year of Jubilee, in other words, in the year of Jubilee, so from that point forward, 50 years out, then you pay that valuation. Well, the priest gives it the valuation, and that's the price for it. Um, the price is changed if you dedicate it after the year of Jubilee. What this comes at is if you wanted to redeem that land, you know, you take its valuation price, you add a fifth to it. So the priest has judged it, and it is reduced in years leading up to the Jubilees we talked about in, yes, well, chapter 25, I suppose, two days ago. If you dedicate something that you bought, so land that you've purchased but isn't actually yours, it's not part of your inheritance, it's going to be reverted back in the year of Jubilee to someone else, then the valuation is, again, based on how long until the year of Jubilee, at which point it returns back to the man whom you bought it from. So these are laws about devoting things to the Lord. Now, verse 26 gives us the idea of the, the firstborn. You cannot dedicate a firstborn animal to the Lord because look, God's actually already claimed those. Exodus chapter 13, I believe, is where you'd read about that. Uh, it's already the Lord's. If you're talking about an unclean animal, that you can redeem. You can buy it back by adding a fifth to it. Uh, then it can be sold if the priest wants to sell that, or you can buy it back, however. So the that unclean animal is not able to be sacrificed. That unclean animal is not going to be of use in the Lord's service. And so it can be sold to someone else who wants it, basically. But every devoted thing is holy to the Lord. That's the important thing to note. Whether it's a person, an animal, a field whatever. These things are being devoted. They're being specially vowed to Yahweh as his. Interestingly, verse 29 even talks about devotion to destruction. Those who have been, have committed one of the capital punishment offenses, such as cursing your parent or uh, blaspheming God or committing adultery. Those are devoted to destruction. They cannot be ransomed. They will be destroyed. Now, this is the opposite with Christ. This is precisely what Christ has actually overcome for us. We are those who have cursed our parents and committed adultery and blasphemed the name of God. And yet, yet he has redeemed us. He has bought us back with his own most precious blood. And this is, this is the good news. And I've tried to include that for you as much as I could here throughout the book of Leviticus as we've studied it together. The tithe shows up in verse 30. Um, if you want to redeem some of your tithe, tithe, by the way, means 10%, one-tenth. Uh, so you tithe your, your income. You tithe your harvest. You tithe your fruits that you pull in. If you wanted to redeem some of that, so if you really wanted to have more of your crop, uh, you could redeem it by adding a fifth to it of the value. So you're, once again, very much so like the other things that we've read. Um, this is the same with your herds and your flocks. You tithe those to the Lord as well. And we see that substitution bit here in verse 33 again. They are not to substitute, but if they were to try it, uh, both things would be holy. So that would again prevent people from attempting to do so. All of these contributions, by the way, are meant to care for the Lord's house. These are going to care for the tabernacle and eventually the temple as the Lord's holy place. It will need repairs. It will need upkeep. 
money to provide for some of the material and, and so forth. So that these things have that function, that purpose to them. That could mean that we end the book of Leviticus in our households as families talking about, you know, what, what ways do we serve the Lord? How do we serve the Lord's house? Um, in what ways do we make sure that the, the word of God is provided for our community? In what ways do we make sure that the Lord's Supper is available for people to, to have? And that's why we form churches together. That's why we have congregations, is so that the word of God is preached and that the Lord's Supper is available and that baptism is available to the whole community. Um, this is good news. God has provided his gifts and we get to receive them. So this is them doing that in their own way as they waited for the Messiah to come. And now we have a new way in a sense of doing things because we have the Messiah and we have the good gifts that he has given to us. We don't offer animals for forgiveness because Christ has done that once and for all for us. Now we, in return, we have ways that we can serve the Lord and we have been called to serve the Lord as his people. Praise me.